welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. My name is Jasmine. I'm your host. And today we're going to have another one of those conversations where we're living the life we want. <laughs> and today, my guest is Summer McCool. Hi, Summer. Hi, Jasmine. How are you doing? Oh, I'm excited. Thank you. Very grateful to be here with you. People, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the pattern, but I keep talking to people that are in California. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe there's like something calling me to California, but Summer's in California. And Summer, can you tell people uh, what you do there? I am a clinical hypnotherapist and a shaman, and the essence of my work is that I build bridges between our egos and our souls to introduce people to who they truly are in a way that they can't help but fall in love. Mm, nice. Let me ask you, um, what is a shaman? Yeah, so it's, it's like working with the spiritual energetic realm of our presence and our capacity and our potential and in having access to that side of ourselves um, i help you build the bridge between your egoic conscious awareness of yourself between that unfulfilled potential within so that there aren't any gaps and when we have access to that and we live into that we live beyond our imagination which is beyond our dreams Mm. So it's so funny because I had a, I always thought that a shaman was, um, oh my God, I'm trying to find, okay, so I hope I'm not going to say anything wrong here because I've got the French terminology that's, that's there, but I thought it was like Indian or, uh, yeah, what, what is it, aboriginals? Is that the word I'm looking for? But I thought it was mainly those people that that were shaman. But yeah, they're in all tribes of the world and they're essentially healers. And okay. so there's Irish shamans and there are aboriginal shamans and the origins of my studies have been Northern Native American traditions Native as well American. as... There you go. As well as the um, Incan tradition from Peru. Okay. Okay, cool. How long have you been a shaman? I began, gosh, in my young 20s, so about 25 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's so funny because, um, as you know, I'm a three principles-based coach. Yeah. And um, lately, I've been very present to... Well, actually, an insight I got was I don't like my ego. Like I, 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 I saw her. Like I, hmm, how do I? Can I explain it? It's kind of like something showed up, and I, I kind of heard her pop up, and I, I, I call her her, uh, <laughs> and I just saw how I didn't like her. Hmm. And, and I thought, wow, that is amazing that first I saw it. Like, it never occurred to me. Never. It was just like, that was who I was. You yep, know? Yep. Yeah. So I, I really literally um, 
Like my ego can be bitchy, can be judgmental. And I don't like that. And in that moment, I saw that, you know, and I was able to separate me from the ego in that moment. And since then, very amazing things are happening to me. Things mm-hmm. like I'm talking to somebody and I hear the ego say something and then something else comes out of my mouth. Whereas before I would hear the ego and whatever the ego would say, that's what was come out of my mouth. Yeah. So I thought that was, first of all, I'm like, I'm totally happy about it. You know, and like <laughs> the first few times it happened, I was kind of like, did that just happen? Like, cause you know, you just, I'm, there's such a judgment in, in the ego and I would just say it. And I was like, well, I'm a judgmental, you know, biatch and that was it. And now it's like not there anymore. Yeah. That space is all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. That space between, but your so your ego is a tool. It's not who you are, but it's a tool to be utilized. And it's a, one of the best tools we've actually been given to navigate this reality here on earth, this duality. It's a phenomenal tool. So um, when you find yourself embracing your ego as the gift that it is, you'll put it to good use for sure. It's creative. It's innovative. It's always on your side, even when it's insecure and scared. Wow. Tell me more because but it just depends on what it's in service to. I so that <laughs> I just don't see a world where I'm gonna like it, but tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Let's get you some more perspective where that world emerges. There you go. Yeah. So that part of you that was able to observe it, when you become more of who that is, then you have more perspective about it and then why we even have it and what to do with it. And so for me, I, I, I identify more with my heart than my ego. And I let my heart drive my life. And I let my heart decide what's going to happen next. And for me, my sense of my heart is based in my soul, like my bigger purpose truth. So not my small summer self that's this temporal experience of existing, but the bigger picture self that always is and always will be that's having an experience here. And so when I identify with that aspect of me, very little is actually personal. And then I actually have access to more resources to interact and relate to the circumstances and people and others, as well as myself with a lot more compassion, a lot more generosity, and a lot more creativity and collaboration. And so I think of it like my queen, my heart is the queen. Yeah. And then my ego is in service to the queen. And when this is put to good use by the intentions and the desires of my heart, it will, it's relentless. It never shuts up. And so it will drive forward whatever it is the longing is within me. And so those are longings fulfilled, but because it's innovative, because it's creative, because it's determined. And I, I utilize that for sure. Yeah, I don't, I'm not seeing the link. So funny. I really like, cause like what I got out of that realization was like, I'm, I'm leading more with my heart now. 
Like I can, I, I can it. hear, like I can, I can hear the judgment. I can hear the negative. I can hear the yap, 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 crap, but it's not important. Yeah. So you're not identifying with it. Yeah. Okay. What if that's all it takes? And you just keep walking down the path of hearing it, but not identifying with it. What are you identifying with? My heart. Yeah. My, my true self, my, that place where, you know, when I was born, that person that when I was born, just, just saw, you know, just didn't care about, you know, the beingness. It was just, yeah. Yeah. What if that's enough? Yeah, that's definitely enough for me anyways. Yeah, but and, but but and now I, live life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, like I'm spending more time in that zone. I think that all my life I was like, you know, seesawing between mm-hmm. those two areas, and then at one point I spent a lot of my time in this area in in the ego uh, zone. But I I always inevitably would come back to my heart yeah welcome home yeah yeah it's a nice place to be like what would you like what would you tell I don't know somebody that you like when you talk to somebody can you can you hear the difference oh yeah absolutely because our our hearts belong And so there isn't a separation. There isn't um, a lack of anything. It's in our egos that we have separation and we're missing something. And so when, when I'm listening to somebody, I can tell if they're in that connected place of belonging and enoughness, or if they're in their insecurity and doubt and fear and worry. And it's innocent when we do it. And it's a piece of who we are, and it's a place we could stand and have our perspective from, but it's not the whole of who we are. And so we have choice. But the choice only comes when we're aware, because the moment we're aware, now we can stand anywhere we choose. And I tend to stand in the places that actually feel good rather than the ones that don't feel good. And I tend to find that those always happen to be originating in my heart. Yeah. I call it seeing if I look at the path, like the, my evolution throughout my life, I could yeah. see that um, once I, I saw something and then I owned it as, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see I did that. Then I was actually able to do something about it, as opposed to me going, no, no, that's not me. That wasn't me. That was because of you. That was because of that. That was because of this. Then I kind of just stayed in, in a not me place. And then I couldn't do anything about it. You know, I became um, a victim to it. Yeah. You know, and then I had, I, I don't like really talking about power because I think it's misunderstood. (laughs) I think the word power is misunderstood, but I think that we have our own power. I think that we, and when we own our things, then 
that it's ours and that's only then that we can do something with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when we um, lean into our innate capacity for things and we take ownership for our piece of our experience on all aspects, then we enable ourselves to lean into that capacity to be effectual. So, so you started pretty young, you know, like a shaman, yeah. you said your, your 20s, like how, like, how did that happen? I mean, I, I, I guess I started young doing, I, I didn't do shamanism, but I did the, I was, you know, personal development. I was, I got into it pretty young. Yeah. Um, how did you get to there? I was definitely a lost soul as a teenager, for sure, like lost. And a friend of mine invited me to a sweat lodge. And in going to the sweat lodge, I had this um, visceral sense of coming home. But it was mostly coming home to myself. That was the first time my heart had opened up and, and like woke up. And in my mind, you know, when they open the door to the sweat and they invite you to leave, or you can stay and do it again. And in my brain, my mind, my ego was like, run, you're going to die. But what came out of my mouth was, no, oh, thank you. And I sat there in shock at the, how, how could I say I'm going to stay? How could I invite more of this? And I did that four times. No, thank you. And that was the beginning of my journey of reconciling who is the truth of me and then what it is that I think and believe, but is only an illusion. And, and then how do I bring those two together to actually have a good life? And it's a matter of really standing in this truth and then utilizing the capacity of that for good use. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was lost. I remember it's so funny because we, you know, we've been speaking for a while. And as you said, sweat loud, sweat sweat lodge I, I i said lounge it's not a lounge <laughs> it's not a lounge uh, <laughs> uh you it reminded me that you had a vision that you wanted to start a, a sweat lodge yeah yeah is well there is that still with you or? uh if my soul calls me to do it again I won't hesitate because it wouldn't be about me. It'd be in service to others. And so if there's a benefit and a value, certainly. Uh, when I was in that sweat lodge experience, I, I met the elder who ran it and ended up marrying him and in being his wife, I, I ended up having a sweat lodge in my yard and ran ceremonies. Um, but since having left him, I've also left that way of life. And I still carry it in me. And so I still have that capacity and that um, the willingness to offer what it is, should that be the way that energy wants to come forth through me, I have no hesitation. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be based on my egoic desire to have. It would be more like my soul's desire to give. So we've met, you know, we've met during um, Creating the Impossible. Yeah. Of course, with Michael. With that's Michael. right. And uh, so that's a three principles based um, uh, course. So how has have the three principle met with shamanism and your energy work that you've been doing? How have they met? 
I still don't know how to talk about the three principles. So in that regard, I'm going to suck at this side of the conversation. But what I know to be true is that the, the way that the three principles talk about formlessness and form, that's, I dance in that. And so I feel energy of things before they have form. And then I'm relatively good at articulating the unformed. And then based on those words that I choose, which put it into form, I'm really, really uh, precise with my words. And so in regards to the three principles, if it if it's all about form and formlessness and how we as humans utilize and access that, that is the universal mind, universal thought, and universal consciousness. And it's that means by which of taking that which hasn't formed yet the potential energy of our being, so therefore my soul, and I move it through my conscious awareness and then let it come into reality through the means by which I have, such as my creative mind and my form, my body, then I think I just, I live it. I live the three principles. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So how, how, what are the, these stumble blocks that you're like at this point confronted with like so as we as we grew older like I, I see I just see different different um, stumble blocks that we have throughout our evolution uh, and and like I could I could talk to you and I I'm going to see something so clearly, you know, and I'm going to be like, but Summer, can you see that? And you'll be like, what do you mean that? Oh, that? Oh, no, I hadn't seen it, but thank you for pointing it out. (laughs) Um, What are the things that um, you see in other people? And what are the things that you don't see in you? I'm trying to formulate us some are you hearing anything in this it's just like not clear for me so no this is perfect yeah so what are my blind spots if I'm aware of them yeah and and then how do I see blind spots in others yeah and then how do I point those out okay so that's what you were saying you're good at articulating (laughs) (laughs) yeah something like that yes (laughs) perfect example yeah so because of my early childhood experiences in life, I would say my blind spots are my own innate um, capacities versus my beliefs that I was given. And mm-hmm. so I'm still in the work of, of reconciling those. And um, so they're probably going to be trauma-based, um, but because I have such an eye for, or a feel for anything less than wholeness, that it doesn't take much for something to go off balance and me to like turn my attention to it and try to understand it and reintegrate it so that it can be digested. So my blind spots are going to be basically the things that trigger me, but I, I, I like to go through life just slow enough to be at the pace of life. So that if I do stumble over my own shoelaces, I'll pause and, and tie them. 
So I'll pause and take the time to be present to what was that and what, what needed to come through and what needed to evolve and what did I need to understand and be aware of. So a lot of the times it comes down to beliefs and ideas that I had that weren't real or true. And then it's up to me to reconcile that with truth, capital T truth, not personal truth. Mm-hmm. And so how I do that for others is I, I live in the feeling of our existence of universal presence, consciousness, truth, potential. And when there's anything that um, keeps the flow of energy from flowing, so like a hiccup or a bump or a pause, I tend to just hang out there for a little while and try to understand like what's going on underneath that that allows that to ripple the way it does. And if it's interesting to you, great, I'll hang out there with you. And if it's not interesting to you, that's your choice. And it's not my place to do anything with you about that. But it's, it, I can't help but notice. Mm. This week, Michael said something like super interesting. I mean, did I tell you? I, I don't even remember if I told you. Um, I'm doing this class called Living a Guided Life. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And, and Michael said something really, really cool which is basically if if we come back to the now everything is always okay like right now you're always okay no matter what's going on in your life yeah and i think that's so freeing to be able to go ah, oh yeah yeah i'm like i just i find it really really um calming that i have that you know that little tidbit in my bag of tricks right (laughs) i can just take it out and go oh yeah oh yeah and just bring myself back to the moment yeah lovely yeah yeah it's really um if we think about it, all our suffering comes from thought, something that we think, you know, something that we made up or whether it's been made up for years (laughs) or we're just making it up now, any suffering comes from that. And I'm not talking about physical suffering not that woke I don't know if that's the case also the physical suffering but I know for me my mental suffering comes from something that I made up and as soon as I made it up then I'm I've lost the connection to the present moment yeah yeah so it's a matter of leaving the now to run off into the past or into the future yeah and the meaning making that we have about whatever it is that we're thinking Mm. Yeah. In in my like in my physical form, sometimes it brings me aches and pains that I don't have a direct um story to go with. It's this mystery that occurs. And yet if I don't put too much meaning on it, I find that the suffering itself is less than if I ruminate and theorize and create all these therefores and becauses and thens. It's that actually makes it worse in my experience of it. And so sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I'm not. 
but it's that um, if you don't worry that finger, it'll actually heal all by itself. And so I also try not to worry the thoughts because I've never found it too helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Never helpful. I've also found that when you're in the now, you have access to all the resources that you were born with, with innate capacities. And so we have everything we need when we're in the now. We have like a real-time responsiveness and intelligence and strength and clarity that um, when we run off into the past or the future, we kind of leave behind all those tools and means by which of affecting change. Yeah, there's, there's this, um, that, that showed up for me that I just have to trust, you know, like I know enough, I, I, I know plenty, I don't need to know more, <laughs> you know, and then just trust that whatever occurs right now, I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 When you when you find yourself hanging out in the heart space more, what you'll find is that you don't even need to know anymore either. Because that real-time responsiveness and creativity is so accessible that it's almost better if you don't know how up front, because then it actually can fulfill its purpose and capacity beyond what your mind originated for it. So this is almost limiting. Yeah. I, in that sense you're reminding me i saw that this week um that i i'm i'm kind of a control freak um and uh, that's going away the more that i'm you know yeah. living in my heart it's going away and i saw that you know it was innocent like i was like i'm gonna control it so that i can be safe right yeah. you know so I was like, okay, so I'm going to go do something now and I'm going to do this, 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 and it's going to give me this <laughs> and then I'm going to be fine. You know, then I'm, I'm okay. I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. So, yeah. and, and then throughout this, if it was a short drive, you know, like I'm going to go to the hardware store and come back, that was easy. I could control that, you know, like it was an easy controlling, but the the bigger my projects became, the control would just, I would just suffer through it all because it would never happen the way that I wanted it to happen. And when it didn't, then I got pissed off. Right? Yeah. So I saw how just trusting that I can handle whatever is going to happen I'm much more at peace and much more comfortable and having much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, I, uh, I don't know if this is the right example, but it's like if you plan a trip from LA to New York and you put it in the mapping system, it'll show you the whole journey, but it doesn't actually show you the next turn until you arrive at the next turn because there's so much that can happen between here and your final destination that it's not going to tell you how the weather is in New York until you get closer to it. Because, you know, depending on the time of year, it could turn in a heartbeat 
and you might get a flat tire on the way, or you might notice something off to the side that you want to pause for. And so you pause and now there could be construction. Yeah. yeah. And so when we run too far ahead in our um, plans and ambitions and determinations, we actually leave behind that real-time responsiveness where if we turn too soon and the GPS recalculates itself to get us moving forward back on track, we actually have to give it some space and time to do that for us yeah. rather than like panicking and U-turning until we're both lost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. It just, yeah. It leaves room for life to happen while we're living it. Yeah. Control is overrated, people. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, we can also at some point lean into the fact that we've made it this far. So clearly, we know something about what we're doing. What if we just leaned into that a little bit more? Yeah. 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 When we're driving on a, you know, in a dark street and we can see until, you know, where the lights see, but we're not freaking out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, we're not freaking out the whole way we're driving because we're not seeing, you know, yeah. past that, the lights. And then whatever happens, you know, you'll figure it out at that point. Yeah. I think I learned that quite early when I was uh, in my 20s. I, I remember I, I, I was a sales manager back then, and my boss sent me to Phoenix uh, for the first time alone. And so I landed in Phoenix, and I had to drive to Tucson. Mm. So from, from Phoenix, the Phoenix airport, I had to rent a car, get to my hotel, then sleep, and then take the car and drive to Tucson. And once I did that, it was kind of like, I really had to bring myself back to the moment. I didn't know that's what I was doing. But every mm. time I was like, okay, where am I going? Uh, whatever highway. Okay, where is it? That way? Okay, let me follow that. And, and I did it, you know, and yeah. I couldn't believe that that was, you know, when I came back from that trip, I was just like, oh, I can, I can do anything. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, this was a great conversation, Summer. Yeah, this was lovely. Thank you, Jasmine. So if people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I would propose maybe um, checking out my website. It'll give you a little bit more knowledge and sense of me. And then you can contact me through that. It's either email or my cell phone. And it's summermccool.com. Cool. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for accepting the offer coming uh, yeah. with me it's always a joy to spend time with you uh, thank you so much so everybody else i'm gonna say thank you so much for listening and uh, please like follow uh, subscribe do the things that uh, need to help me to you know continue on this journey of podcasting and um, i'm gonna also say dream it dare it do it live the life you want Take care, everybody. Bye.